0: You're listening to an irreverent podcast.
1: For more unholy content from our friends, head to irreverent.fm.
0: Hey, friends, welcome to the Speaking in Church podcast. I am Josie. And I'm Spencer. And today we are alone. <laughs> <laughs> It's
1: our um end, end of summer, beginning of fall kickoff, where we like to be alone so we can shoot the shit. So,
0: hey Amen. <laughs> we say that as if we are like, it's like a trend. Like, this is what we do all the yeah,
1: time. Yeah, like if people are like, I wonder what they're doing.
0: I know. <laughs> that's okay. I know everybody's curious.
1: Yeah. Um. Yeah, so, I don't know. We met with some of our homies earlier, and we literally were just like, we've had like a hell of a year so Mm -hmm. um coming into and we're also just going into like a busy season right now you know it's joe's getting married um and then we're gonna hit like holidays my kid's birthday
0: oh god
1: gonna try and go on a family vacation in january so like i just feel like there's so much like happening that I'm like, time needs to slow down. So
0: I just am not looking forward to the fucking holidays. Are you kidding me?
1: I I feel like I'm I'm only excited because even though technically Sloane's first Christmas was last year, we were in the hospital and she was two days old, so that didn't count. <laughs> so I'm like excited that it's like the first holiday season with her. So like yeah. like from, you know, Halloween and I don't really care about Thanksgiving. But like Halloween and Christmas, I'm like super stoked for. Um, just because of that new experience of like being a parent and doing it will be really fun. So that's honestly the only reason I'm kind of excited for it.
0: I guess I should be excited about dressing up my dogs yeah that's true oh, it's gonna be cold enough for them to wear sweaters i love putting them in sweaters
1: um batman should be batman for Halloween.
0: <laughs> oh that's true and alfie should just wear a little tux so you can yes. be alfred
1: yes oh
0: cute she's, and she's a, be...
1: she can be a, a villain she could be like harley quinn or something <laughs>
0: oh <no>, poison <laughs> ivy i've always loved poison oh that's a good batman one. universe yeah that's a good one I feel like being outside, so it kind of makes sense.
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey, you, like, live in a legit
0: neighborhood. I hope you get trick-or-treaters. That's fun. I know. I want to decorate my my theme for my house for Halloween, which I'm, like, slowly building because I know we got money like that, <laughs> is Little Mexican Girl Who Reads. Um, so I want a lot of literary things. Like, mm-hmm. they have a lot of Edgar Allan Poe shit this year at Michael's. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, So I want a lot of stuff like that, like nerdy, old timey science stuff and booky stuff, but also Dia de los Muertos. So mashup of the the year, of the season.
1: You're going to heal your uh, little evangelical child that couldn't do any fun stuff? (laughs) I was
0: never allowed to celebrate Halloween or Dia de los Muertos. Like, whatever. Fuck my parents. But I celebrate it now (laughs) and I don't care so now you get to do all that fun stuff. That's exciting. I know. And Ryan loves Christmas. So I'm sure he's stoked to have like a physical house mm-hmm. where he can Is that great?
1: Is Ryan um light up reindeer in your front yard white? Or is he like classic Christmas movie like Christmas tree in the window of your house white?
0: ryan is both <laughs> he's I mean, like a little bit of yeah. tacky but a little bit of classy too yes um no he's tacky although <laughs> there's some pretty cute reindeers okay
1: i don't i would use i guess a, so i guess more uh, of the tacky one would be like the like the the, blow
0: up ones
1: yeah like the yeah, blow no, up no. um the tacky. okay no this is the tackiest one in my opinion is a blow-up manger because like oh you yeah
0: you don't even got respect for yeah. jesus to buy like a
1: wooden manger a wooden blow up one.
0: <laughs> yeah no i um i don't even know what kind of christmas person i am because i just fucking hate christmas but i'm a, i like it it's christmas to be messy specifically because my mom was so organized with christmas See, i like my tree to be a mess and it's fun
1: it's funny because if you didn't have that bad like, experience growing up, I would definitely peg you for the, like, like a classy Christmas, like, mm-hmm. like, um, like elevated. So like, yeah, like you might have a nativity, but it'd be like minimalist and you would have like, yeah. like handmade ornaments that are like kind of funky, but still classy. Like that's what I would envision. But An elevated
0: family oriented Christmas.
1: Yes. But because your mom was so like, so strict about it, you're like, no, I want trash everywhere. I want
0: trash. (laughs) I want wreaths for Michaels. I want a wreath on my door. I want nothing to match. I want it to be fun.
1: You will hang up the ornaments that
0: little kids make for you. Oh 100 I'll let them pick where they put it on the fucking tree. And I won't even move it like my mom would. (laughs) Yeah, it's I love it. We buy like an ornament every year that's just like something that matches the year i don't know anyway it's not the so holiday I, season <laughs> i don't even know why we were talking about we're stressed oh, about because, the year yes because, <laughs> we've had a hell of a year
1: um we have had a hell of a year it's it's the end of august which is freaking wild to me i know um yeah you know they say time goes so fast like when you have kids and i like fully believe it like this year has been a mix of it's felt like so long like there it's again it's so cheesy but like truly like the days are long but like the years are short kind of thing Mm -hmm. um because there were definitely moments of this year where i was like i this is never going to end like i'm never going to get out of this and then now i'm sitting here and i'm like it's it's august like what the heck
0: <laughs> yeah your baby's seven months old
1: she's gonna be eight months old in like a week which is freaking wild to me so i
0: know but now she has a sturdy girl they're not
1: yeah they can't she, really
0: break all that easily well they don't she, feel like they can break that easily
1: she just learned to clap and she's <gasps> very precise about it my dad calls her a robot because she like she never misses like she does it so calculated and slow and i'm
0: like all right i see you i see you Mm, let's get some rhythm in her too yeah yeah i hope so i know that'd be so cute
1: josie Mm. in this trying season what media have you been consuming oh is that the theme of the day the episode this is like our um like new york times bestseller list but speaking in church
0: what is speaking in church using to get through the fucking day <laughs> yeah
1: what are we using to enlighten us challenge us comfort us make us laugh all that kind of stuff
0: all right i'll start with one and then you will go back and forth yeah, um, yeah like that my first one is the comfort book by matt haig um, i'm showing it to spencer on screen you cannot see it but I don't care. Google we it. Put,
1: we will put these in the
0: in the stories or if whatever. If I remember. Just <laughs> um, yeah, I actually the story behind this book is like insane to me. So after my friend Billy passed away, um, I had my family rally around me, my married into family, my in-laws or whatever. Um, and my uncle was talking about me at work or something and he works at like a bank so i don't know in what context this would have been but one of his co-workers or somebody that works at the bank had a similar experience having lost somebody to suicide and her son actually which wow i can't even imagine but she without even knowing us just like bought this book handed it to uncle matt and was like please give this book to your niece and nephew like this has helped me throughout my like grieving process and i really just think it would really help them and they just handed me this book and i was floored like just that like generosity that i don't know it was so connecting to me it makes me like emotional just thinking about it. But I just couldn't like, believe that somebody would take the time for somebody they'd never met, probably don't even know their name, just like a separate connection that, and we connected through the universe because of a mutual experience. Um, I'm actually, I bookmarked something things so I can read it, but. Well, the, the, the random page I just opened up to is titled PASTA. They're like short blurbs and snippets and essays. This one is titled PASTA, and all it says is no physical appearance appearance is worth not eating pasta for.
1: True. I live my life
0: by that the deepest truth of all. <laughs> um, okay so this one is short it's titled growth it reads we grow through hard times growth is change and when everything is easy we have no reason to change the most painful moments in life expand us and when the pain leaves space remains space we can fill with life itself And it's a bunch of stuff like that, that it's just, I mean, this guy wrote it through like his deepest depression and I just so relate with most of it, struggling with chronic depression myself and struggling with some pretty deep griefs in my life already as a young adult. and. I just highly recommend it to anybody going through like any type of difficult time, not just grief. It just is so comforting and you can pick it up, put it down, the sh- blurbs are short, most of them are only a page or two or three pages long and it just relates to any season. It, help- it helps you like think about the world outside of your grief and outside of your pain and the future and how to grow and it's just has really been helpful in this season of my fucking life. <laughs>
1: i'm glad it's crazy how i don't know when you're talking about that it just kind of reminded me of like like you know just like the goodness of humanity like the goodness of people like in the like deepest like in their deepest struggles and in the most raw way like just being like people are good and they have good intentions i love that
0: yeah i mean that woman saying god damn it i just can't even i'm actually writing a book on grief at the moment whether i'll publish it or not is still up for debate but i'm compiling it based on like my writings and Mm -hmm. one of the things in it is like a long letter to her and i've never i don't even know her name i've never met her but it's she's in there
1: i love that don't cry (laughs) i'm not gonna cry Okay. Although this book I'm going to talk about, um, did make me cry. So, um,
0: okay, good. what is yours?
1: Um, so I'm going to talk about, um, friend of the podcast, Kevin Nye, his Kaboom. book is here. Um,
0: you got a copy. It sold out. I couldn't get it anywhere.
1: I pre-ordered. But I bought
0: it from him. Uh, I was oh, like, I was lucky. Oh,
1: you bought a signed copy. Okay. <laughs> it was my, oh, it was uh, my last opportunity. Yeah, I pre-ordered this. So I pre-ordered this um because I actually was on his launch team. So I got to read it before I even got my hard copy. Hey, hey. Um and yeah, uh we're gonna invite Kevin back. Him and his wife actually just moved across the country, so not a great time to come on right now. But <laughs> he's gonna come back soon to kind of deepen like deep dive into this more and just like more experiences. Um but yeah, this book wrecked me in the best way. I mean, even just when he came to talk with us, it like wrecked me in the best way. Mm-hmm. Um but there's one part in particular where he's um so basically the premise of the book um it's called grace can lead us home and it's a christian call to end homelessness and you know every city in the country has like a homeless shelter and 90 yep. percent of them are going to be christian based mm-hmm. um and unfortunately they are not always run the most ethically <laughs> um amen and so, And so Kevin really talks about just, um, you know, if we truly, again, this is from the Christian lens. I think everybody should read it. If you, especially if you live in a, in a, in a city like Los Angeles, where this is your everyday reality of interacting with the uh, unhoused, um, I think this is a good read for anybody. Um, but specifically for Christians, because, you know, if we truly believe in the gospel and we truly believe in wanting to reconcile all people, um, he just really brings some light. Um, so this one section talks about all housing is sacred, um, and it just the short little blurb I'll read is one of my earliest revelations working in homelessness is a phrase I've kept close to my heart. Housing is spiritual. This little idea cuts through the false dichotomy that is so often demonstrated when Christians look at my quote unquote secular work and ask, but what are you doing for those participants? Spiritual needs. Housing is more than a roof, a door and walls. It is spiritual. It is sacred. Mm. And I, <sighs> that rocked my world because again, there are so many, there are so many people that are addressing needs in like non-Christian, not just even for, you know, homeless ministries, but so many needs with nonprofits that people are like, well, it's not Christian based. So what are you doing for their spiritual needs? And this like wrecked me because that is so true of, my house is my sacred space. Mm. It is my safe haven. It's where I come to live in my truest form. And so many people don't have that, mm. whether it's because they are unhoused or it's because they live in uh, an abusive situation or just in a healthy situation. And so it is sacred and it is spiritual. And I love that he just put that out there and was like, This is, this is the truth. And if we Mm. don't see it that way, we're never going to address the problem because kind of a little bit of spoiler, but the whole kind of outlook of the book is housing first. Mm -hmm. They don't need to get clean and sober first. They don't need to do X, Y, and Z first. They don't need to get a house or they don't need to get a job first. They need to get a house first. Amen. They need to be living somewhere safe to do all the other things. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I I mean, you read that and I've got literal chills as somebody who grew up in like a really abusive house. And I mean, I have a relationship with my parents now. I have a great relationship with my dad. My mom, we have a relationship and that's fine. Um, but I was, I can't tell you how many times I was displaced, whether by my own choice of running away or my parents kicking me out and then changing their mind later. But eventually I was displaced. I didn't have a home to go back to. And through the generosity of other people, I never had to live on the streets, but, and then I went to college and I got a full ride. So I was able to live on campus, but even like during the summer living on campus and it's empty or whatever, and not, i mean growing up in a house where you felt like i was that level of spirituality especially growing up in a house that was quote unquote christian i was not able to thrive spiritually in a house that was abusive especially with parents who claimed to be christian and then able to enable or perpetuate this abuse on me and having my own house now and being able to set my own rules, like I was actually at my mom's house today, and her she and my cousin were ripping me apart <laughs> in their eyes, because they were like, Your house is not like put together. It's not, it's messy and all these things, and why don't you tell the boys to clean up after themselves and da da? And I look my mom straight in the face, and I've told her this many a time, and I'll continue to tell her this. I always say, I value my relationship with the people living in my home more than I value having a clean house. Mm. Like I'm not gonna perpetuate this cycle of making people feel uncomfortable in my home when on the other like side of the coin, I have my sister-in-law who comes and she tells me over and over again, like, I just feel so safe at your house. I feel like I'm at home. Like, I just feel, like, comfortable and I don't have to be anybody or do anything or I could just be here and exist. And I just feel so, like, comfortable and safe. And my brother-in-law comes from abuse too and, like, he has the same outlook and he's able to thrive more readily because he lives in a safe home. And I just think... Mm-hmm. I can't imagine not having that I worked hard for that. And I, worked myself into the ground for that but to be able to provide that for other people has always been a passion of mine especially when it comes to unhoused people and i just am so grateful that kevin is tackling this head forward especially in christian context because christians are the fucking worst at it let me tell you
1: well and and even just the you know where you're like you have to work yourself to the ground for it like even that alone is like why do we live in a society where that yep. is expected expected? Mm-hmm. Like, why can't we just live in a, in a society that understands that people deserve a safe space to lay their head at night? Like mm-hmm. that should be a human right. And yep. again, I think that I'm not afraid to say if you believe in Christ and you claim to be a Christian and you don't think that's a human right, then I think you have some serious evaluating to do Mm -hmm. and again I don't think that it should come with a cost I don't think it should come with you have to be clean and sober first or you have to start working first I don't believe any of that I think that if Jesus was here and he saw these so whether it's a church or just buildings that are left for years just vacant because people just don't want to turn them into ethical housing like I think he'd be sick. He'd be like, what the heck? Like, why are we doing this?
0: I agree. And like, this is not a humble brag in any way, but I have like two people living in my house who don't pay me rent because that's just not, they don't make enough money for me to feel ethical about charging them rent, right? And they're my family. And I don't think that that, people think that that's an exceptional thing for me to do, to take people into my house and not charge them rent. And I'm like, these people would not be able to thrive if they had to pay rent. I can afford my rent, I, I and I have the extra space. It would be unethical for me to watch them go through the world and struggle when I had something to offer. Like, that is just a basic christian principle that i see and granted that's also very cultural like we in latin america take in people and like get help them get ahead or whatever but i just think that's the baseline of humanity and that should be the baseline of christian thought and christian community amen i feel that speaking of
1: now they're Christian all fired.
0: Yeah, I was like, now they are all fired up, why don't you talk about your next book? Like, I know. <laughs> oh my god. I'm like, oh I'm sweating. I'm so <laughs> fired up. I'm very passionate. Um, so I actually got an advanced copy of my new friend Damon Garcia's book, *The God Who Riots*. um They had copies at Wild Goose, and we—that's where I met him. um We were staying in the same house, and we really bonded over being people of color at this white people festival. <laughs> it's fun. I mean, I love it. I think it's a blast. I'm not overtly sensitive about. Being in white spaces just because don't give a fuck come at me bitch like <laughs> and if you
1: haven't listened to that episode yet you can pause here and go listen or you can yeah and go
0: listen <laughs> we recorded a live episode i will like was signed up this behind the curtain i was signed up to do a podcast recording and i get there and i'm like um dare do you want to be on my podcast <laughs> <laughs> Josie
1: Josie flies by the seat of her pants if you haven't if you haven't noticed so well
0: I knew Mason was gonna be there so worst case I just tell Mason to come back on
1: Mason I need you and he's like
0: why are you like this (laughs) well everybody does that it's just (laughs) anyways it ended up being a great episode but he um, yeah he talks about all about this book so go back listen and whatever but I mean it's just another like a divine thing for me because this is like i'm very race oriented obviously um actually my cousin is here from mexico and she's living in my house <laughs> and mexico is really fucking racist dude like i'm not even gonna fry mexico is so fucking racist. and she does things and i'm like mm, that's a little bit racist and she doesn't get it but and she gets a little bit upset at me I'm like well if it's not if it's not a big deal then why are you upset huh but anyways <laughs> right i'm Slowly very passionate it about. Yeah. <laughs> today she was like i'm not gonna die without having like black people braids in my hair and i'm like oh my god all i said was you know you can do whatever you want you have autonomy as a human being but remember there are consequences for your actions good gravy. anyway it's very passionate about social justice the liberation of all people i'm trying really hard not to get too deep into liberation theology theology just because i don't want to be like a theology bro but anyways
1: the anti-theo bro
0: (laughs) i know i'm not gonna learn too much because i don't want to be an asshole (laughs) (laughs) but i'm casually perusing and so this is a passage from this book that i think really exemplifies what it's about why i'm passionate about it why you should pre-order it it's coming out soon, so pre-order it because it's probably going to sell out. It's amazing. It's ugh. Um, It reads, I have rejected the Christianity I grew up with, which is the religion of this land. As a way of discovering my own dignity, I reject the Christianity that has been responsible for so much oppression. However, I am also empowered to discover my own dignity because of my Christian faith. My faith is not the Christian faith of the colonizers. It's the Christian faith of the colonized and marginalized people throughout history who were able to discover that this God is really on our side, empowering us to fight oppression. Woo! I mean, Damon tells this great story about him watching the George Floyd riots and then burning down the precinct. Mm-hmm. and people are always like well that's not nice like jesus or whatever like all these christians saying all these things about that's not the way to go about things and damon goes on in this book to talk about how jesus made a coordinated effort to disrupt the temple the day that he overturned these tables it was coordinated it was planned it was not like him being flippant or whatever right it was a coordinated effort like jesus and God are always on the side of the oppressed. And however we need to get the attention of the oppressors and however we need to disrupt the systems and however we need to gain liberation for all is God-ordained. Amen. I mean, I don't really think murder, but you know. Like, <laughs> yes. Anyways. I know what you mean. <laughs> I know what you mean. But like burning down, I mean, I think it's pretty fucking badass. but that's, <laughs> that's just me being anti-God. <laughs>
1: i mean again i think it's one of those of so many people i mean even just the you know the quote from his book about like you know people use christianity to colonize but then Mm. the oppressed are like but this is this is about freedom so like Mm -hmm. they turn the tables like i mean we see that every day of like so many people being like oh my gosh like christianity is like Going to hell in a handbasket, blah blah blah, and I'm like, no, it's your idea of what Christianity should be. Because again, like, like the gospel is the gospel of the oppressed. It's the gospel mm-hmm. of those that 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 need freedom and liberation. Like it is. That's what it was for. Like that's what Jesus came for. He came to set the captives free. In the cheesy mm-hmm. Christian lingo, but like that's that's the truth. Yep. And so when you have writers like this that are brave enough to speak their truth and to give voice to their experiences especially people of color so many people are like oh no like what is happening and i'm like this is the this is the key point like you're not listening to those that the scripture was
0: written for Mm, mm -hmm. yeah i just and i i preach on sunday actually at my church (laughs) i'm a preacher um and my topic my assigned topic was migration and um, we're doing a whole series on the bible of the oppressed the book mm, love that and i was like what am i gonna say like we have half of young people who are radically progressive and then we have old people that are kind of all over the spectrum but still progressive enough to go to an affirming church run by that. a little radical josie i feel that <laughs> and <laughs> um And I didn't know how to, like, I was thinking about it all week, like, how do I talk about migration and immigration without telling people how to vote? And because I believe in separation and church and state and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And I just came down to like, at one point in the sermon, I list all these verses and passages of God talking about the foreigner and how you are to treat the foreigner as your own and how you are to be different and set apart and there's neither Jew nor gentile and all this stuff and i thought when i was speaking everything is inherently political and i don't have to tell you how to vote to tell you that no matter what you should not be making people's lives fucking harder because you don't agree with the way they came to this fucking country Mm -hmm. and it was really funny somebody somebody from (laughs) she's older but (laughs) She came up to me and was like, oh my gosh, I love what you had to say. She's a white lady, but she's married to a Latin man, and they actually weren't allowed to get married in our church back when they got married 50 years ago, <sighs> because they were an interracial couple. Damn, that was so fucking embarrassing, dude, but I know. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's close to me, so you expect. I know. And... So she's like, I really loved what you had to say. Like, you kept it really moderate, and I really appreciated that. Cause, like, your last one was a little radical, and like, you went over a little far left, but this one was so nice and moderate. And I was like, God damn it. <laughs> I mean, it was pretty left, but you know, I, I kept it really, Listen, really if nice. It, if it was pretty left, but they think it's moderate, that means they might be changing, not you. I know. I loved it. <laughs> it was just so funny. I'm changing minds, changing hearts, changing minds via uh, covert radicalism what's your next, your next lovely little ditty?
1: Um, my next one is like, kind of feeds into that. It's pretty radical, but like, it shouldn't be. (laughs) Um, so my next one is, um, it's by Britt Hawthorne, um, pronouns she, they, um, it's a book called raising anti-racist children, a practical parenting guide. Mm. And this, so I picked this up at the, first of all, this was like front front shelf display right when you walked in the library on election day i was like hell yeah Gosh. um so um so yeah if you don't know i live in arizona we just had our primaries it was hot um who won who won the uh the governor race um the unfortunately the republican Carrie lake won the republican um primary uh katie hobbs run the democratic primary um, the other kind of big one, um, Mark Kelly is our current Senator. He had a short, like he won the, after John McCain passed away, mm-hmm. we had an election where he would fill up the last two years. Um, so Mark Kelly won and now he's going up to rerun for like a full term. Um, so he's the democratic nominee. Um, I call him the Arizona buzz Lightyear year. Cause he, I love Mark <laughs> Kelly. Yeah. Um, get a and, great Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> and the uh the republican candidate blake masters is going up against him and blake masters big thing is that he's gonna prosecute fauci um so yeah it's a it's a crazy time it's a crazy time here in arizona um lots of uh local elections there was strong progressive candidates all across the state um great voter turnout especially from our gen z friends we love you use your voice you're gonna change this whole world um so but yeah, don't o- tell
0: me how to cut my fucking hair <laughs> anyways so yeah
1: overall um crazy you know the general elections in november so we'll see how that goes but um traction for the election has been pretty good so now hopefully. tell us about this
0: book that you found yeah. on this election anyways day.
1: so this is great so um raising anti-racist children brit hawthorne it is like a I'm actually going to buy my own copy. I picked it up because it was in, you know, the, um, I knew that they were releasing this book. And then when I saw it at the library, it was like, Oh yeah. Like I wanted to get it. So I got it from the library to check it out. And now I'm for sure going to buy my own copy because it has a built in basically like workbook. So you can make notes and stuff. And it is everything that I've been looking for in the sense of, especially where, where I live and how I want to raise my daughter, um, it just has everything from like, you know, it goes into, um, you know, things that we just don't even think about. So like anti, um, Semitism, I can't, sorry, anti-Semitism and white supremacy and like how that is rooted in like so many things, uh, especially in like political or even like conspiracy theories and how it goes out into so many other things and how, um, again, you go into one thing of this, I'm like all over the place because there's so many things I want to talk about. One thing that really stuck out to me was talking about the circulation of wealth and how to be Mm. an anti-racist consumer and how to teach your children that. So they were talking about credit card companies for example and how like airlines and credit card companies um and a couple others you know they always partner with each other of this airline gives you points at this place with this credit card and how they basically control the consumption of money and how obviously people want to use them for perks and that isn't inherently bad but making mindful choices of choosing a credit card that gives you perks on all purchases mm-hmm. or you know like we're going to give you double points on gas but from any gas station not yep. just this particular one um, and then going even deeper of obviously we live in, in late capitalism we can't, we can't not shop at chains you know mm-hmm. I mean some people do have the privilege that they can only shop local and that's phenomenal but majority of the people we can't avoid them so how do we um, like feed into Consumerism in a more healthy way, in the sense of when you can shop local using cash or debit cards instead of credit cards, because Mm -hmm. credit cards charge insane um you know the transaction fees especially for small businesses Uh so it goes from things like that of you know that's more about me than my daughter but it changes the way that i spend my money and that changes the way that she's going to interact with money in the long run um and yeah and it goes into things about you know including queer folks when you're talking about anti-racism it talks about everything from and i mean literally it talks about everything from how we treat how we treat our children to how they treat other people to um you know hygiene to again buying toys for our children so many things that we don't even think about Uh but we can contribute to anti-racism um and brit's instagram has a lot of great resources i actually just read an article um that they wrote about um how to buy toys that are inherently anti-racist for children. And that can be something as simple as instead of buying the white baby doll for your white cousin, you buy them a baby doll of color. Like Mm -hmm. it's simple changes that, you know, it, it doesn't change anything about the toy you're buying or why you're buying it besides all you're doing is exposing them to new activities you know what i mean or exposing them to other cultures but it doesn't change the activity so and again it also kind of helps you weed out like if i bought baby alive for so and so and their mom's like oh but she didn't want that one and i'm like why it's the same thing it does the same Mm -hmm. thing why can't Mm -hmm. she have this one um yeah all over the place with this book it's just so good go out and buy it i'm gonna buy my own copy because i want to write all the notes and highlight all the things
0: hey, oh you um, don't highlight library books no i don't highlight library books what the fuck <laughs> Ooh, um, i definitely do <laughs> uh gonna-
1: this is this is one little thing i want to read um it's called loving the bigger body Um, I grew up in a fat phobic household I watched my mother Mm. relentlessly Dieting being self-conscious on Every family vacation purchasing Clothes to try on at home Instead of in the fitting room using me as a Prop in pictures to shield her body From view and enjoying her restaurant Desserts in the car instead of at the table With us I never saw my mother Love her body enjoy her body or be Grateful for all the amazing things her body Could do I grew up fearing becoming Fat not because of the health implications But because of the way society bullied stereotypes and discriminates against fat people Mm. and um as a fat woman myself that was like hits home because so many again so many things in our culture where people are like it's for health it's for health no you're just fat phobic and you just don't Mm -hmm. want to admit it um and i love just when it's talking about enjoying your body and just all the great things your body did my body grew a human and i'm gonna ride that for the rest
0: of my life my body is amazing hell yeah (laughs) and you survived
1: amen because unfortunately lots of especially black women in america do not survive giving birth and that is because of racism and if you don't if you don't believe that if you can't look at the hard data and the facts and you want to say that race doesn't have anything to Mm -hmm. do with that you can just unfollow me unfriend me i don't want anything to do with you because you are Mm -hmm. racist and i don't like you
0: Amen. I love it. I love Spicy Spencer. Yes. Yes. Um speaking of politics, because everything is political. <laughs> what a segue. Oh my gosh. Um my next thing is that I always and three times a week, I don't even care um i listen to every episode of straight white american jesus don't tell brad because i don't want him to know that i'm obsessed with this you
1: don't culture. want him to know that you're a fan
0: no because we were friends first and i don't believe in giving my friends out i'm just kidding
1: i'm instagram messaging him right now
0: i'm just so embarrassed because i'm like I'm not a fangirl of Brad's, but I'm a fangirl of politics and the intersection of religion and politics.
1: <laughs> you're like, if you weren't my yeah. friend, I would be a fangirl. But because yeah. you're my friend, I'm going to downplay this.
0: <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I'm not a fangirl of people just because people are always so disappointing. <laughs> True. But I, I love that Brad gets so feisty. And then like in our meetings, he's just so nice. He's a nice, nice man. I was nice going to say,
1: I was like, they really chill, like.
0: Yeah. This is me. Yeah. Like, my kid's gonna cry right now. Anyways. <laughs> um, and we're actually planning an event in Southern California together, um, for his podcast and book launch. And I just, oh, I just, oh, even when I stopped listening to my political podcasts because I needed a break, never stopped listening to straight white American Jesus. <laughs> Cause I just, ah, oh, the incredulousness of white evangelicals and the political sphere is just mm, scrumptious i just it fuels me it's so ridiculous and i love it and oh, i just can't i can't <laughs> give it up i can't oh, i'm upset. It's like this whole trump thing going down that he got raided by the fbi oh i'm living <laughs> oh. i'm just living for the um <laughs> my favorite is all the like
1: republicans that are like defund the fbi and i'm like yes baby yes you're like oh so when we said it also my favorite thing is i saw this tiktok where (laughs) this guy was like um you know people are like well what if we investigated so and so that's a democrat and the guy's like yeah the guy's like do it lock them up like if they're if they're guilty do it yeah everybody And, and, and that's when people are like yeah that's what they don't understand like like did i vote for joe biden yeah but if he took documents from the white house after he stops being president yeah investigate him why no
0: yeah if any of them have unpaid parking tickets get them i don't care insider trading that happens in the senate all the time Ooh, why is that not illegal get them right now i don't care i don't democrat independent republican get them all Ooh, yes clean them out i love it um but that's just me being yeah american hater um yeah i love the podcast i highly recommend it it's an img img podcast so one of our one of our own friends um yeah it's just it's incredible if you're like if you're into politics and if you're not well then you're dumb you should be into politics politics is everything <laughs> um especially especially right now girl trump is making it's been so entertaining it's been a shit show it's, and terrible but i'm like gonna ridiculous. be honest
1: like i've been trying to like i not that i like don't pay attention to national news but like i said the the arizona election season is so hot right now that like mm-hmm. i don't even have the capacity because i'm legit worried about like if this lady wins the governor spot or they're both ladies, but if Carrie Lake becomes the governor, like I'm not going to have rights as a woman. I'm worried about our school system. There's just so many things that I'm like, Yeah. uh, yeah, this is one of those. Again, I think people don't, people do talk about it, but not enough. But then like, you know, things happen in your life where you realize like my local elections and my state elections, like, they matter right now because the Supreme court be wild in and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, it's just crazy time right now.
0: <laughs> yeah. And, uh, uh, mobilize, tell your family, tell your friends to vote Mm. um drive them there if you need to
1: oh yeah i drove i drove my sister to go vote her first time voting voting and i was like first time voting in a primary like that's so cool that you'd be like i care enough to vote in the primary like
0: i love that um Vote for everything, every single time, assholes, all the time. Funny story. So uh, I took
1: Sawyer to vote at the library. And, um, you know, people don't know that. So it's not illegal to canvas at polling sites as long as you're within, like, outside of a certain Yeah, like 50 feet away. It's 75 in Arizona, and they have little flags. So I dropped Sawyer off at the front of the library because it was kind of a long line. I was like, you get in line, and I'm going to go park the car. So I went and parked the car and I'm walking up and there's this lady and she's kind of looking at me and I'm like looking at her and I heard her earlier being like, oh, like Republican ticket, like trying to be like, you should vote for these people. <laughs> and she sees me walking up and she's kind of like, do I talk to her? Do I not? I put my mask on and she like turns around and like beelines the other way. And I'm like, yeah, that's right. Don't talk to me. I don't want to know who's on your my Repu- face. Bitch. I'm like, I don't want to
0: know who's on your Republican ticket. Get out of here. I you know. I remember one time I was in some republican place city and some guy comes up to me and he's like hi uh can i talk to you about the voting of the republicans and it's like ooh i'm not a republican and i don't support the republican party and he's like oh, Yourself offended
1: are you a petition signer
0: yes but i read them i'm like annoying about it
1: yeah i so every time we go they're always at the zoo i don't know why but they're like mine are always at at
0: trader joe's
1: (laughs) (laughs) they're always at the zoo whenever i take sloan they're always at the zoo and um sometimes i say no and i'm always like i'm like what is it for and like some it also it also depends on who's out there because some people are like so vague that I'm like, I feel like you don't even know what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. And then there's other ones where they're instantly like, this is what it's about. And this is why it matters. And this is why we want on the ballot. And I'm like, cool. And again, if it sounds like something that I'm like, yeah, I can get down with like I'll sign it. Um, But yeah, it's always funny because like I said, sometimes I'm like, do you get paid to be out here because i don't think you even know what you're talking about. they do
0: get paid to be out there. okay
1: that makes sense because yeah one time there was like he must have been like 18 you know he just needed some cash and yeah i was like what is this about and he could not tell me and i was like sorry i'm not gonna sign it i hope you don't get paid per signature
0: i'm really annoying i'm just like oh yeah i'm not gonna sign this one i don't believe in that like right now it's the whole it's a gambling in california it's like online gambling or something and i'm like i think i'm gonna leave it to the natives thanks things
1: oh to like legalize online gambling is this like sports yeah. gambling because that just became legal in arizona i
0: think so i don't know exactly what it is but i'm just like whatever it is leave it to the natives fuck you <laughs> fuck you white man it's always a white man behind those things
1: you just want more money for yourself
0: i know go to the, the res and gamble there don't be an asshole you already whatever they like, got nice hotels i know fuck you that's it <laughs> that's my opinion on that it's not even fully formed it's just like (laughs) eh, i don't know i don't like it i don't like it wow (laughs) well i mean i don't like gambling either um i think online gambling and i'm like kids (laughs) (laughs) i wasn't really good at the internet as a kid so that's true i like um
1: i won't lie like i enjoy going to a casino i like buying a scratcher every now and then like i think it's fun (gasps) i need to buy a scratcher for what
0: i just i'm always convinced that i'm gonna win the lottery but i've never I never play <laughs>
1: you gotta buy that. not literally like my mom and i always talk about like if i win the lottery this is what i would do and be like well you gotta buy a ticket first i but know i'm I not gonna go buy a legit. So i was like i'm not gonna buy a legit like mega millions ticket no. i'm gonna buy the five dollar scratcher where the most you can win is like
0: five thousand yeah. dollars all my but- best friends are getting their student loans paid off first well me first but then all my friends <laughs> and then ryan after that because he's white he can do <laughs> does that
1: mean i'm last in line
0: no because you're not ryan that's true i'm also a woman so that puts me a step ahead of ryan and gay oh heck yeah two steps gays go first <laughs> and sloan sloan's first obviously <sighs> speaking of uh gay <laughs> If
1: we're gonna get uh, yesterday, uh, not yesterday, what's today, Monday? Two days ago on Saturday, I went to this really awesome, um, queering faith event at uh, another UMC in town. Um, so one with some homies from my church, and there's a bunch of other UMCs, and it's specifically for queer youth and young adults and their families and allies, and just talking about like how to like queer faith spaces and make them safe spaces for um, LGBTQ, um, youth and young adults met some super cool people. Um, this like, like keynote speaker, his name is JJ Warren. Um, he just recently earned his MDiv and he's a candidate for ordination in the UMC. Super cool dude. Just talking about like, um, you know, just kind of the work that's happening around the globe, especially within the United Methodist church. Um, he went to Kenya, a couple weeks ago and the first affirming church within the umc on the continent of africa in kenya and he went to go be that's with a
0: big deal
1: it's a huge deal especially when thinking about um like conference coming up and like voting about what's gonna happen um yeah huge deal so super if you're cool. not affirming
0: just go join global okay <laughs> thanks
1: he's a 10 but he's a global
0: (laughs) Ooh, that's a zero zero. (laughs) Um,
1: so yeah it was super cool they also had um some uh affirming campus ministries from the community college and from the university of arizona so super cool to just hang out with people um hear stories they had a panel of um student uh, it was like a student that just recently graduated from u of a um there was a um an adult um i don't know, I don't know how to, why i said that but it's like a an older queer person talking about like their journey um and then yeah a couple of reverends and it was just like a really cool experience um and they were just talking about cool resources for like queer um especially like when we talk about like going to christian school and like going to especially like feel like to get like theology based degrees um a lot of times you know, it's a struggle. Like we've had, um, Aaron from REAP come on to talk about discrimination and stuff. Um, so like I said, the speaker, JJ, he has a cool, um, it's called, um, young prophets collective. And it's specifically for queer folks that are like into like theology and like kind of going that way to like address social justice issues. Pretty cool. I've shared it on the, on the Instagram. I'll share it some more. Um, but yeah that just brought me a lot of joy coming from i don't know just like one of those spaces that for years i was like is this is this even out there and then Mm to sit in that room with you know um queer people older than me queer people my age queer people younger than me families allies like it was just one of those like honestly it was like a holy experience to be like I've prayed and longed for this, and I Mm. never knew it existed. And if 27-year-old me could tell, like, 13, 14, 16, 17, like, could tell me then then what I know now, like, I feel like I would have saved myself a lot of heartache, you know? Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Yes. Ugh. I love the world is changing. I love being part, that we're part of that change as well.
1: Uh, and even just the fact that i could like i so i went with the the youth pastor at the church i work at and even just the fact that like i like when you know people ask you like oh are you an ally or are you queer like that i could like with a coworker at a church be like i am queer and like proudly say that and not just have to be like an over-invested ally like Geez, if college spencer could know, like mm-hmm. not even that long ago it wasn't a reality. Like it's just so cool to be in this space and to be able to do that.
0: We're all gay here. <laughs> Especially in the UMC. Everybody's gay. Or at least <laughs> a little bit. At least a little bit.
1: <laughs> wink, Listen, wink. to sing all them
0: hymns. <laughs> yeah, I mean God. That's like a fight right now in our church. All the old people want the hymns and where you're like you want to grow don't you young people don't like hymns
1: i'm down with the hymns but all like, of them not all of them but i am down with hymns because i loved liturgical chapel when we were in college i mean uh, there's some
0: bangers of hymns but yeah i don't want to sing who is my mother who is my brother every sunday
1: i yeah i would be like i'm out of here
0: <laughs> i mean it should, i mean they're great messages musically as a snob as a classically trained musician
1: what if they what if they modernize them are you down for that modernizing the hymns
0: uh yeah but some of the words are just not they don't lend themselves to modernization okay
1: then take out the ones that can't be modernized but like you're in in general you're like we can modernize some of these and have a happy medium my
0: favorite christian song is a hymn that i never remember the name of i just sing it it's um the uh prone to wander prone to leave the guy oh yeah,
1: yeah um uh invitation fountain or something like that
0: Come Thou fountain, Come the Yeah, found. Come Thou found yes. Yeah, it's my favorite song. I love it. It's just so, like, it gets me every time. It's just, ugh. Uh, It's a hymn, they modernize it, it's great. Even non-modernized, it's amazing. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, as a fire is meant for burning. Not so much, you know? <laughs> not so much. <laughs> um, but I also grew up Pentecostal with like Latin music and Listen. salsaized and merengueized. Yeah. So i Listen, sorry. this is one of those of living
1: in the tension of like being in an affirming space but having some like really old people because um throughout the summer the first sunday we always do like an after church potluck well in july we were so cute in july we were unlucky because that was the third of july (laughs) so they were like yeah so the guy was like i want to sing like god bless america at the picnic and i was like okay fine whatever so they were like singing it and i was god bless
0: you because i would have said
1: i didn't didn't say yes it was like you know the 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 church was like all right fine whatever you can sing that whatever and then they started singing some hints and then they started singing onward christian soldier and i was like i'm out i'm Mm -mm. out i draw the line nope
0: yeah (laughs) really at at our church we don't do that shit
1: i literally looked at the youth pastor and she was like was looking at me and she was like did nobody get the memo that like america doesn't deserve a birthday this year like what are we doing i was like (laughs) "I'm out."
0: When I got to the church, the first thing I was like, I said was, "Mm, I don't think the American flag should be here. And, uh, yeah, they quickly got removed and some of the old people had a little bit of tension with it. And I was like, separation of church and state? Question mark.
1: Listen, I had never even, again, this is one of those that I, I guess I'd never nothing maybe I'm not it's basically it's hidden so it's like in the back corner where I'd never noticed it until I got the photos from Sloan's baptism and I'm like it's right there why is it right there like why have I never seen it before and I was Mm -hmm. like dang it man
0: dang it yep on the fourth of July we have a liturgist who she always ends up being on the fourth of July and she's great she's old and she wears (laughs) red white and blue and I'm just like homie this is not the space we're over it we're over that 420 baby
1: the funniest was on pentecost everybody was wearing red which also
0: the the umc colors situation i'm like this is we are not purple For Christmas. I love Burble, excuse you. Anyways,
1: I hate um, but yeah, so on Pentecost everyone's wearing red except for Jack. And he's like, Why is everybody wearing red? It's
0: not Fourth of July. And I was like, It's Pentecost. How dare you? i still like i'm just not a good methodist i'm like i don't get it i'm gonna wear whatever i want you whatever
1: if i'm being honest i wore red by accident i okay, wore great. my like apu alum shirt and i walked in and it was like <laughs> and i was like oh, jack nice. how
0: dare you yeah, not was wear like, red
1: i was like you didn't know it was pentecost but really in the back of my head i was like boy i got lucky today
0: <laughs> i know for real i mean for all the like, traditions I, the methodists really know I, how to do church let me tell you
1: And again. It was one of those, I'm still a new Methodist, but like me I, knew, I knew it was a thing, but I just didn't, I didn't know the date. And yeah, when I showed up, I was like, Jesus who is looking out for me today.
0: <laughs> I know somebody was like, oh, are we changing the, 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 the fabrics or whatever? And I'm like, I don't know where the fabrics are. So no, <laughs> yeah, so we're, we're, not, in a, not.
1: we're in a new season of the liturgical calendar. What is it? We're in Pentecost right now. Pentecost is a whole season. It's not just one day
0: that's pentecostal i don't know
1: <laughs> <laughs> and then after pentecost it's uh i don't know i don't remember i know normal advent maybe.
0: yeah i know I easter know. lent
1: yeah lent easter pentecost and then i think it's normal time or like ordinary time
0: and then i think goes in advent i don't know we're bad methodists don't talk to us don't talk to us we even went to a methodist college and we don't know shit
1: well so that's what like people are like you know methodism was found by john wesley they're like you went to a wesleyan university and i'm like i did
0: kind of i
1: was like i did not learn the methodist Traditions, we learned that the quadrilateral yeah, in this, like, huh, baby. I was like, I know the quadrilateral, I learned about the liturgical calendar and the lectionary, and I learned some hymns. What else do you want from me?
0: <laughs> Amen. On that note, everybody, here's where you can find our Methodist shenanigans online.
1: If we were renaming this podcast, it'd be called The Bad Methodist.
0: Bad Methodist.
1: (laughs) Spin-off! You can find us on Instagram at Speaking in Church. You can find Josie at Josie Takes the World. And you can find me at Spence Rose. I am private. Actually, don't follow me.
0: Yeah, don't follow her. Unless
1: you're a friend. Like, if you're legit, like, I've talked to you. Sure, but, um, internet safety
0: is real. and We're protecting babes. Yeah, I like to post my cute kids, so don't follow me if you're a stranger. Sorry. Sorry about it. You can follow me i don't have kids i have dogs and they yeah. like to be praised and loved but i'm the
1: trying dogs. to i'm trying to i mean i like made a story about this and i'm still struggling i'm trying to show up more on the actual like podcast instagram because mm-hmm. i want to engage with y'all um it's just hard i work full-time i'm a student uh-huh. i'm a mom
0: honestly you get what you get with the instagram okay i don't give a fuck whatever we put up there is what you get leave me alone yeah um on that note (laughs) we love you stay woke or get woke
1: (laughs) i'm changing my i'm changing my outro
0: (laughs) oh okay okay what is it Ooh,
1: my outro is you're welcome in the space and we love you
0: uh, cute unless you're not welcome then you're not welcome but you get it you know you get it
1: there's very few because even like even our like conservative friends and acquaintances we still have space for you but like you could really got to take us off to
0: like little space not be smushed space <laughs> anyways okay bye, <laughs> bye. <laughs>